You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fairfield Stags 2020-2021 Basketball Season Preview Podcast here on the Stag Sports Network. My name is JJ Duke. Glad to be back with you here. It's certainly been a little while since we last had a podcast on this channel, but I'm delighted to be with you guys today and actually talk basketball because the season is only just a couple of days away from getting going. And here today, we're going to be discussing both the men's and the women's seasons, the previews to those seasons, kind of look a little bit back on last year as well, and how both programs have really kind of dealt with figuring out and preparing for a season that's been unlike any other. But I'm happy to get this one going with you. And this one is also going to be a little bit different today because it's going to be from the perspective of the athletes. So we're going to be joined by a player from each, the men's and the women's team. So without further ado, let's just get this thing going. We're going to start with the women's team first, and I'm happy to be joined uh, by a junior guard from the women's team and also a recent interviewee here on the Stag Sports Network podcast channel. We'll get to that in a little bit, but I'm happy to be joined by Rachel Hakes. Rachel, thanks for coming back with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me again. Nice that we actually can talk about games that are going to be happening as opposed to a couple of weeks back. We're like, hmm, might actually be able to do this, but we'll uh, see how things go, right? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely feeling like it's getting real and it's really exciting. So let's look at this Fairfield women's team because when we break down kind of the makeup of the roster, it's one of really more of the experienced groups in the MAC. You return four of the five starters – a number of the top options that consistently came off the bench as well. Comparing you guys to the other teams in the league, this happens to be one of the more seasoned groups overall. So how much is that going to help Fairfield this year? I, I'm really excited about this season. I think that we have a lot to offer. I think we're going to go really far. We obviously have our sights set on winning the MAC. And I think out of all the years, this is the year that you want experience on your roster um, a lot of teams have been shut down in the MAC that we've heard about. Luckily, we've been practicing consistently, but we did start our practices later than normal um, just by NCAA regulation. And so it, we're really relying right now on our experience and just returning people who have knowledge about the game, knowledge about the system. And I think it's really going to pay dividends for us, especially this part. You talked about if there's ever a year to have experience and already that chemistry that's just built in, this is one of those years. So what has it been like in talking with your teammates and trying to figure out really everything getting into it, knowing that there's really already a base to get everything going and you're not trying to piece things together, figure it out. It's already the foundation's basically there. Yeah, I think that's something that we've really, like, been able to work with and work off of. Um, I think that all of our returners, we know how each other play, and we've been playing off of each other very well in practice. Our execution has really picked up, and we're able to, like, expand our playbook, whereas I think a lot of other teams would have to almost start from scratch if you have a lot of younger players. But I'm really excited about where we are right now. We have a lot of room to grow, which is also exciting. We have exciting first-year players, but I think we're in a really good spot right now, and we just got to stay healthy. Okay, so in talking about a lot of excitement, having that core together, if you kind of take us a little bit inside of what the makeup of – well, first we'll go with the young players first. What have they brought to the table that maybe the team hasn't had in the past? 
Yeah, you know, it's always, like, interesting incorporating freshmen to the team um, because you really don't know what they're going to bring because high school is so different from college. And I think the transition from high school to college is a little bit bigger than everyone can expect. I know it was that way for me. Um, but our first-year players, we have um, Janelle Brown, Mimi Rubino for our guards, and they are very quick. And then we have um, Mackenzie Deliba, incredibly strong, and same with Dana Torado. So I think they bring, like, a lot of different qualities than we have. And I know, like, Janelle Brown is a point guard like me, but we play very differently. And I think that it will be exciting to have, like, a very – just, like, varied perspectives from different positions because um, it's always good to have more tools in your toolbox. Absolutely. going to ask you to back some of your teammates a little bit here. Is there someone that uh, maybe you're a little surprised or happy to see make – some gains uh, during the offseason, some that could make an impact uh, right from the get-go. It could be either uh, one of your former, now still current teammates, someone returning, or maybe one of the new players coming in. Um, that's tough. Um, I feel like I have been really impressed with Eden Nibling. I think her three is looking extremely great right now, and she's really – She's a really long guard. She's 6'2", and she creates havoc on defense. She can rebound the ball, and I've been really impressed with her coming back from quarantine and from a very long offseason, so I've been really impressed with Eden. So what has – we'll get to the preseason in a little bit, but the offseason, kind of in terms of the calendar, it, it was a bit of the same. I know the tournament got cut short. We'll get to that later, but in terms of the window – you had the same time, but everything was just different. You had to figure out if there was a gym that you could go shoot at or if you had an option at your home. Workouts were different. What was what have been really the last five or six months like for you, Ben? Yeah, um, it was really tough. Um, I mean, we like you said, we kind of like ended at the end of our season. So um, we just missed out on our postseason workouts and then our summer school. But I think what was most difficult is a lot of girls um, really didn't have access to hoops for a while, um, depending on your community. Like, people had their net zip-tied. They had the rims taken off. So I know there was, like, about a month where I didn't even have access to a hoop because all the outdoor rims were taken off. Um, so that was really difficult. I also know that, like, a lot of us have parents who do have, like, um, pre-existing communities conditions or maybe go visit your grandma and you don't want to put them in jeopardy so you're not going to be like playing pickup with a bunch of people at the park because you don't know what they're doing and if they're being safe with COVID so I think like coming back there was just like an itch to be able to play together and be able to play basketball for the first time I mean I had played one-on-one -on -one against like just a couple people over the summer but really it was a lot of individual skill work and so we were all just itching to play basketball. In terms of the communication with your teammates during that period, what was that like trying to see, hey, what's working for you that maybe I might be able to do at home and vice versa? Yeah, we had a lot of like team Zooms with the coaches. And also we were doing um, at home Zoom workouts three times a week to start, especially when everything was shut down. No one was really leaving home. So we were all available to do Zooms together. And I think that was really helpful we were all kind of like trying to find our own way. Like everyone's situation was very different, just trying to be there to support each other, um, whatever anyone needed. But I mean, after the season, we all did kind of need a break. 
in terms of everything. Like it was devastating. Um, everyone had to handle it in their own way. And obviously we were there for each other, but it was, it was tough to swallow. It though has to bring out a little bit more of the team bonding as well, because not only are you all there, or you had to be there for each other virtually, but emotionally, but then at the same time, you're trying to move to the next phase, which would be this coming season. You're bringing in new players. Um, I'm actually curious, the first time that the group got together in person to train, what was that experience like, knowing that everybody might be just at a little bit of a different level on the court, but off the court, you guys probably just, it, as you said, itching, ready to go. Yeah, it was kind of funny because it took a long time to really be able to get together. I mean, on campus, we're not allowed to gather in groups of more than 10, so you can't just go hang out as a team, which is very different. And I think, like, we definitely missed out not having a summer school. No team in the MAC did, so um, we're all in a level playing field in that respect. But summer school really like lends itself to great team bonding. We can play pickup when we want. We're conditioning every morning, lifting every day. Um, I would say that we probably got together and were able to play pickup um, by the end of September, which is pretty early in res- in like respect to a lot of other schools. Um, and that was exciting. It was definitely, it was a messy day, but it was a great day. Um, everyone was super happy in the locker room and it's always fun to just see like what the new freshmen bring because um, you don't know like what they're games are like and it was also exciting to see how much progress some people had made over quarantine because we've never been apart for more than a couple months at a time and we pretty much hadn't played basketball with each other in six months so um there was a lot of excitement in the gym that day and we got to play a few times but really the practices started soon after that which was which was really great let's talk about how practices have been for this team coming in now um we'll get to how physically things have changed but in terms of the outlook for the season what are some of the goals that the group has set whether it's a place that you want to finish at the end of the year or certain steps that you want to hit along the way what have those meetings been like yeah I mean I think that anything less than a MAC championship for us is going to be a letdown for me personally that it will be a letdown if we don't win the MAC. And I think everyone on our team holds that sentiment. I think our coaching staff holds that sentiment. We firmly believe that we should win the MAC this year and that we have all the tools in place to do so. Um, in terms of like milestones along the way, it's mostly about staying healthy and not getting shut down, not getting a positive COVID test. It's just staying clean because as soon as you get positive tests, that's a two week shutdown. You can't practice, can't play and you got to return to play for another 10 days. So it really puts you out further than anyone would imagine. How much accountability is there in just talking with each other and being frankly honest with each other to make sure that, as you said, everyone's staying healthy? Yeah, I think, again, more than any other year, accountability is incredibly important. And it starts from the top down. It starts with Frager holding people accountable and our coaching staff holding people accountable, but it also is really resides on the shoulders of our captains, I feel like. And um, my fellow captains are Katie Armstrong and Lou Lopez. And I think that we bring a lot of different perspectives to the table, but we all communicate and work together very well. And we are willing to hold people accountable and like really make people realize that like one slip up can really screw up a whole month of our season. 
And so like, we just keep reminding people. And I mean, our coaches are telling us every day, like this could be our last day of practice. So just take in stride and really be grateful for the opportunity to come to the WAC today and like to battle it out with your teammates because we really don't know when it could end. And like, maybe it would end because we played a team who someone had COVID and it slipped through the cracks. Like it might not be our fault. So you can't always control all of the controllables, but at least we got to be thankful while, while we're able to play. Yeah, definitely great perspective there. Um, looking back a little bit from last season, it was a season you saw a lot of growth. Uh, through the group obviously you take the numbers in stride where the team finished above 500 overall impressive in the league finish as the third seed in the my in the mac tournament win in the league quarterfinals um but one thing that i loved about seeing the group is just the lockdown defense that every game you knew that it was always going to be there you always knew as well that because you're doing the work on that side, you always had a chance in every game. Was there kind of that same feeling on the court, knowing that if you did work one end, you're probably going to get rewarded the other way? Yeah, for sure. I mean, defense definitely turns itself into offense, and that's something that we've really been honing in on this year, especially since we do have a lot of returning pieces. We don't have to, like, rep the offense maybe as much as we would if we were a lot of younger players. Um, so we've been really trying to ramp up our defense, like get the principles down because that really is going to win games this year. Absolutely. And, uh, with that being said, I think it was some number like, uh, nine separate league games last year where he held an opponent to under 50 points. I think even one of those games was Monmouth away and it was a, a whopping 40 to 38 scoreline or something along those lines. But yeah, I know those are tough games to play in, but it gives it certainly makes every team think that it's not going to be an easy day when you play Fairfield women's basketball. Yeah, I remember that game. That was a slugfest. And we were down the entire game. And then Sam Kramer, our senior captain, she came and hit a clutch shot with two seconds left. And it was the only time we led during the whole game. Um, but yeah, like no game is easy in the MAC. The MAC is really close. Like, all, every single game is going to be competitive, and you never know what any team is going to bring to the table. You'll see one team blow another one out by 30 and then lose by 10 the next game. It's just like you really can't predict what's going to happen based on, like, past scores. It's whoever shows up on that day and is playing the best basketball. And certainly that's kind of reflected in what the preseason outlook looks like. And I know – Everybody takes those polls and preseason awards as a grain of salt is attached with it. But in seeing how the league may look this year, it looks like it could be anybody's league. Is that something that you guys are thinking that as long as Fairfield takes care of what they need to do, you're going to have a chance to, like anybody else, to win the league? Yeah, it was, it was definitely interesting. I mean, I obviously watched the award show. Um, I definitely take those polls with a grain of salt. Um, they really don't mean that much um, to me or our team, I don't think. Um, we definitely have, like, an ongoing rivalry with Quinnipiac. I mean, we lost at their place last year, but then we beat them on our home floor, and they're just right up the road. And, you know, we don't play them until the end of the year, which I think is really exciting because, like, theoretically, we should be, all be playing our best basketball then. So I think it'll be a really good matchup. Um, Manhattan definitely has a lot of good pieces. Um, but, yeah, any, any team in the MAC really has a chance at, at the title. Um, and it really – again, it's just all about staying healthy this year. you got to stay I healthy think, if you want to win the MAC. 
Definitely. I think we should give a shout out here to Lou uh, being named preseason player of the year and along with her and Katie Armstrong getting first team uh, all league preseason. I kind of look up and down that list actually and compare it to the way that last year finished. There are a lot of new names on that. I mean, you look at the caliber of players that graduated since the end of last year. Obviously, Stella Johnson at Ryder doing bits in the WNBA, which, by the way, I'm curious, did you watch much of the Wubble this year? Yeah, I, I pretty much watched it, like, all the time. Definitely. Was, yeah. Bonafide now a Dallas Wings fan for life. <laughs> and, uh, the you start. like Enrique? Yeah, hey, why not? <laughs> Young team, but got a lot of good stuff. But that's just my opinion. Uh, <laughs> we'll keep it there. But, yeah, it. how does that kind of change things now, knowing that, you said how open the league is, but there's a lot of new characters that are coming in. Um, it almost makes it even that much more fun. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we all talked about that as a team too. Like there were a lot of seniors that graduated last year that were very talented um, and did really well in the MAC. Um, I'm super excited for Lou and KT. Like those are big honors. They should be super excited for themselves. I remember um, my freshman year coming to summer school and Chica or we call her Chica Lou Lopez she was in my house and we were playing pickup for the first time and I saw her jump shot and I was just like wow that girl is a baller and same with Katie like she's done such great things so much improvement that she um transitioned a couple of years ago so they're going to be huge pieces for us and everyone knows that um but super happy for them Definitely. Looking at how this season also goes, I think the other big one, the big common theme is the change in the scheduling. It's not playing a game every couple of days. You are traveling to a location. For those that don't know, um, this season, how it's going to be, it's going to weekend series, almost kind of like what you see in college hockey, for example, where you're going to travel to an opponent or an opponent travels to Fairfield, play games say Friday and Saturday at 7 p.m. or 5 p.m. both days, you don't have a lot of time to recover. You don't have a lot of time to really analyze your opponent after the first game, make adjustments. It's basically now all about recovery. And as you said, staying healthy between all these games in quick succession. Yeah, you know, it really changes everything. Um, It will be interesting to see how it does play out. I mean, playing back-to-back 24 hours apart is probably going to favor some teams that do go deeper into their benches. Um, it's no secret that playing 40 minutes one night and 40 minutes the next night is, is tough on the body. But it also changes things in terms of scouting because um, you have, like, like, four days to prepare for one scout instead of having four days to pre- prepare for two different scouts. Um, but then in the second half of the season, usually you've already scouted the team. So you're really looking to improve upon what you did last time and change things. Well, now you're changing things over a 24-hour period. You might not be on the court to do that. So it's going to be a lot of like film time, um, mental preparation. I think that you really have to be mentally strong and like able to process things that are being said to you instead of necessarily getting on the court, um, playing them out. Um, going through different situations. It's going to be a very cerebral season, and whoever can really come out on that side is going to win. Absolutely. It's so interesting, especially because a lot of teams would have to probably favor recovery. Some, as you say, it's just going to be all about scout and just trying to figure out what can you do, maybe throw different curveballs on a different night. But I think for those that like the tactical side of things and sort of the mind games, or at least the mindset, it's going to be fun. Uh, It's different. 
that I said at the beginning, it's a season unlike any other. So you're just going to have to make the most of it. And as you say, the team that grinds the hardest is probably going to be the one that will end up at the end, at the top of the end. Mm-hmm. For sure. So lastly, before we let you go, um, we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this, this is not your first time that you've been with us on the Stag Sports Network as you're with us uh, about a month or so ago, back in early October. And the reason why we're bringing this up, because if you haven't listened to this episode where Rachel was uh, with Ann Murray, who's the associate head coach for Fairfield Women's Lacrosse, basically they've been spending, in addition to preparing for the season, their respective seasons, but they've also been heading up getting every Fairfield student athlete that's eligible, able to vote, registered to vote. Um, we're not going to go into the fine details of what Rachel did, because if you haven't listened to that episode, she basically poured her heart out for a couple of months, getting everybody going a lot of hard hours in there. But for you now that um, election day is passing this process, of getting everybody registered to vote, what did you take away from that? Because again, this is something that probably you weren't figuring maybe that you're going to do 12 months ago. Yeah, I was, I was definitely surprised that I um, like, I guess took that on. Um, I wasn't expecting it. I didn't know that that was going to be a campaign um, by the Mac until about August. But when I heard about it, I definitely wanted um, to take it on. I was very passionate about getting people registered to vote. I think it's very important to be able to use our voices as young people to create positive change, whatever we think that may be. Um, so I think just going forward, um, reminding myself that I need to continue to use my voice for the positive change, because that's the whole reason that I took that camp campaign on. And just continuing to encourage people to vote. Um, you can vote every year. It's not just a presidential election every four years. Um, there's change in local elections, state elections. Uh, it's again, it's not just about the president. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful that the athletics department trusted me with that and to do that. And I think it was very successful. Obviously, we got everyone registered to vote here. So that's awesome. I mean, you know, a, a, applaud to you because that's awesome what you did. And for those who haven't gone and listened to that episode, it's just a couple down here in the Stag Sports Network podcast channel. Learned a lot from that. And, you know, for those that don't know, a lot of things that go behind the scenes even just to get registered to vote so hats off to you hats off to and the rest of the uh the sack for getting that done um with that being said rachel thanks for joining us today a lot of fun previewing the season we wish you and your teammates the best luck for this year yeah thank you we're, we're so excited to get back on the floor absolutely uh we're going to take a short break here on the sag sports network and when we come back we'll be Talking Fairfield men's basketball and the continued gains that Jay Young's group will be looking to make this year. So stay tuned and we'll be back shortly. Alrighty, and welcome back to the 2020-2021 Fairfield Stags basketball preview. Once again, JJ Duke here with you. Now we turn our attention to previewing the Fairfield men's basketball team. And to help give us some perspective from the player side, welcoming in senior guard Taj Benning. Taj, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with us. We appreciate it. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. 
Absolutely. Last year, it was a very interesting season, and we're going to kind of look back on that slate a little bit to start before we get into how this year went about. It almost felt a little bit like last year was starting from basically a, a new slate, a blank slate, where you had a new coach, new system, a number of new faces on the roster. Uh, from your perspective, how did you see the year unfold? Um, well, we came in, obviously, we have new coach and Coach Young, and um, – we knew things were going to be different, and with the new pieces that he brought in, um, we were excited. And um, I think that uh, the year we – it was in parts, like, we took made a lot of strides, made a lot of steps, including, like, the new system and, like, how we're playing on offense and how totally new defensive system. And, honestly, I think we learned a lot, and it's just going to help us for this upcoming season. For you personally, in a bit of a leadership position in your own right, where did you see yourself grow? Whether it was your own personal gains or um, you know, working with younger players, newer players coming in, where did you see yourself in that mix? Um, well, like you said, I feel like I grew as a leader because not only was I – I was kind of like everybody else. We're all learning new things, but I just tried to help the younger guys as much as possible because even though I was learning new things like them, I have two years of college basketball under my belt and they didn't. So I just tried to help them as much as I can, bring them up to speed. So then um, we could just keep the train moving. And certainly it was a bit interesting as well, because not only are you learning and leading at the same time, but you're also trying to learn a brand new system. And for those who didn't watch a whole lot of Fairfield basketball, if there's one common theme, it was basically emptying the tank for 40 minutes every night, playing hard nose to the grindstone defense. I mean, that must have been something that took a, a while for you guys to really get up to speed in the way that Coach Young wanted to play. Yeah, for sure. Um, when he came in that first meeting, like he said, like, listen, we're going to defend and we're going to rebound and we're going to win games. So, like, we just tried to commit to that as much as possible. And with that being said, it was, like you said, emptying the tank for 40 minutes. And, um, yeah, I think that we had the perfect group of guys uh, to do that. It definitely has to take in a, a buy-in system, right? Because you obviously have a big group that has been there, and now you have a new coaching staff coming in. Did it take you guys a little bit of time to kind of come, I don't want to say to terms, but to really understand what uh, Coach Young really wanted for this team? Yeah, I think it did take us some time. Um, we got better defensively as the year went along. And, um, yeah, I think the summers really helped. The fall really helped. But, um, yeah, I think it – it took us some time, but we had guys that were committed, so it was kind of easy. Now, translating that into this year, obviously, um, it's a different setup where you guys didn't, similar to the women's team, didn't have really a summer session to keep adding, to build on what you had from a season ago. Same question that I'll ask to you that I asked her, what sort of unique challenges and situations that you found this off season to not only just to try and stay in shape, but just get shots up. I mean, you look across, you know, parks didn't have rims up. Not everybody has a basketball hoop at home. So what were the past four or five months like for you so you could stay in shape knowing that when a season came, you were just about ready to go? Well, I just wanted to make sure that my, uh, my conditioning was right. So what I did basically was run every single day outside, miles outside, um, around my town and stuff like that. I was lucky. There was like, a little side hoop behind a church by my house and I was able to shoot there for a couple months and then as gym started to open up I was able to get in but yeah it was definitely difficult conditioning was definitely my biggest the biggest thing for me I wanted to make sure that I was in good shape 
And knowing that the new players coming in, they obviously saw a tape of what last season was like and the fact that you yourself, and I'm assuming all the returning players just knew that, okay, conditioning is priority A. Was that something that was coming across in team meetings that it's like, okay, if nothing else, if there's only one thing you can do, you got to come in to preseason fit? Oh, yeah. In our team meetings that we would have on Zoom, all the coaches would make sure it's like, guys, we might not have a basket. You might not have a gym to go lift at, but you have a road. You can go out and run, and you can make sure that you're in good shape. Like uh, Coach Young always says, you're in charge of your own conditioning, and um, that was one thing that I think he made sure our guys were aware of. I bet, though, it was pretty exciting when the first time you guys were able to practice here on campus, everyone was just like, finally, can we get a ball in our hand? Can we have a you know basket to shoot at? Yeah, for sure. We were all pretty excited. Just even just to like be in the same room as all your guys, you know, seeing your brothers again. So, um, yeah, that was that was really exciting. Yeah, so I'm actually didn't ask Rachel, but I want to hear your thoughts on where you have basically you're looking at Zoom pictures for the better part of three, four, five months, depending on when meetings got going. How much can you take away from someone's personality off the court? And then all of a sudden you finally see them in person, whether say it's one of the freshmen coming in or one of the transfers coming in. Does it all kind of piece together as one or are you still really trying to learn each other? basically for a month that we've had to build up to the opening game it's uh it's it's really different because um when you're in these zoom meetings especially when you have new guys like freshmen or transfers like you said like uh they don't really know everybody so in those zoom meetings they're kind of quiet they're not really talking and um it's funny because then when you get around them when you get on campus you realize like oh man this this kid is talkative like he likes to talk and we he likes to interact with the guys so i think once we got off the Zoom calls and we were able to be around each other, I think we all jailed pretty quick. So I'm actually curious to hear. So who was kind of the big surprise out of the groups? Like, hey, he never really said anything during the meetings. And all of a sudden, he might not be the class clown, but he might be someone that isn't exactly so quiet. Um, I'd say the, mo- the biggest surprise, probably Supreme. Actually, I knew Supreme before um, – before coming before he came to Fairfield but um supreme probably he didn't say much in the uh in the zoom meetings but when he does say stuff it's pretty funny so supreme now that you have the group together and you've been practicing basically for the last month I'm curious how has the transition been bringing a lot of new players because it's not just freshmen you have a number of transfers coming in as well how have you been able to gel returners new players and alike um Basketball-wise, it was probably tough to gel because we couldn't really be in the gym together. And um, we actually, I think we only played pickup once the whole time we were together. Um, Off the court, that I feel is pretty easy. I think like if we got together in small groups, obviously, each guy, we kind of all got to know each other pretty quickly. And luckily, we just have a really, really good group of guys. So that's just been awesome. That's awesome. Let's turn our attention now to kind of what is to come for this season. So as we've set out on this journey, the 2020-2021 season, God, that always becomes a mouthful now that you have the two 20s in there. But what is what are the goals this year? What are kind of the little milestones that you want to hit along the way? And ultimately, where do you want to see Fairfield men's basketball be when we hit the month of March? Um, I think that's 
pretty easy. We want a MAC championship. I think that's what we're striving for every day. We're working, we're working. We know like it's a long road ahead and like a lot of, th- especially with this season, a lot of things go into that, but we're willing to work. And I think every person in our locker room would have the exact same answer for you. We're trying to win a MAC championship. As we kind of look ahead towards how this season is going to build out, obviously you have a, a handful of non-conference games. Because of the fact that you only have a few here and there before conference play begins, because it is a very quick turnaround before uh, first weekend comes of league play, how much are you hoping to gain out of the early games? Do you expect maybe perhaps that you know come the first MAC game, it's okay if you guys may not be at the peak where you want to be, but at least at a level that you know, okay, we still have the pieces there. We just need to make sure it gets together when it really matters. Well, in these non-conference games, we're looking just um, just to like find our rhythm and play together. You know, a lot of these guys we haven't played like real games together because there were no scrimmages, and um, so yeah, I think I think we're just gonna just gonna. Um, just take our strides and stuff like that and just keep moving forward, I think we'll be fine. I think um, by the time Mac play comes, we'll be good. Unfortunately enough, even though it is kind of a, a nice mix of characters where you have a number of young players, number of players that were really in and out of the team for the last season or two, but the fact of the matter is you definitely saw the strides last season. It's noticeable by the Mac preseason poll where you jumped up a few places. I'm curious, in your opinion, um, do you really take much stock of what the preseason polls look like? Are you really just kind of focusing just inside your team? Uh, We don't really, we're not really paying attention to what that stuff says. We just are focusing on what's going on in our gym and how we can get better each and every day. And um, we think uh, that we'll we'll be okay. I think we we know where we're going to be. Now, obviously, with this season comes its own unique challenges, but there are two that stand out. One of them we talked with Rachel earlier, and that is about the back-to-back games. You're going to be traveling to a site or you're going to be hosting the same team in a 24-hour period. What has the talk been like uh, between yourselves, the team, and the coaches, whether it's recovery, whether it's going to be highly focused on scout? What are the challenges that you see that are going to come out of that? Um, I think both those things that you said are definitely important, but, um, the coaches have been telling us that it, everything's a quick turnaround this year. So like you said, with the back-to-back games, that means we have to have guys healthy. We have to have everybody locked in and focused on the scout because we play one team one day, play that same team the next day. And, um, we're gonna have to make improvements on whatever happened on that past game. So I think just being focused recovery, like you said, and everybody being locked in, that's kind of – those are the biggest challenges. Now, it's not uncommon in college basketball where you do occasionally have back-to-backs. Obviously, you might play some early season tournaments where you might play three games in four days. Obviously, the postseason tournament where you're going to be playing a number of games in sort, you know, short succession. Two different styles of atmosphere, but in your previous experience of playing games and quick turnarounds, is there anything that you've taken away that might help you for this season? Um just leaving yesterday in the past and moving on to that next day so like yeah you might have gotten a win the day before but you have to move past that so you can get another win or yeah you might have lost the day before but now you have to we're on to the next challenge and we're trying to win that next game so just staying in the moment that would be the biggest thing
love that mentality. Now, the other thing that obviously is going to be dominating the headlines this year is the COVID protocols and things that you have to do in order to make sure that you can play the game. Talking earlier a lot about player accountability, I'm kind of actually more curious right now to hear what are players going to be expecting on a week leading up to the game, day of game? Obviously, you've gone through this already, but maybe for some people that are a little curious at home to know what you have to go through in order to make it to Friday and play Saturday as well. What are some of the things that usually take place between, say, the Monday leading up to a Friday game day? Well, you're probably looking at getting tested two to three times in that week to make sure that everyone's negative so you'll be able to play. Um, then we, I, th I think we'll, we're all going to be like when we're on our buses, we're going to be trying to be socially distanced on the buses and stuff like that, making sure everybody's wearing their masks and stuff like that. Um, that's pretty much it. I think just making sure everybody's tested, making sure we're getting to our hotels and those hotels are safe, making sure everybody – um, is mindful of what they're doing. That's important. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just getting tested and making sure everyone's healthy. Well, appreciate the insight there. Like I said, you know, for some that are on the outside and see all these headlines, it's definitely interesting to know what goes on behind the scenes. But before I let you go, did a little bit of a, uh, a dive, a little wormhole dive, if you will. Went back to watch some of the highlights from last season. And one of the things that I love is the fact that your group you and your team figured out ways to grind games out, especially ones that were just extremely close. I already see the smile coming, so you know the, the question's coming. We got to talk about that Niagara game last year at home where team was down double figures. I think at one point it was 17 down uh, before halftime, and then this barnstorming comeback. And you pull out one from the old school, the little skyhook floater through the lane. I mean – that game was absolutely insane to go through, isn't it? Yeah. Um, at halftime, we were down. Coach Young uh, came into the locker room, had some inspirational words for us. And, um, yeah, I think it's a credit to our guys. Like, we came out there firing with, like, an intensity. And every time we came into a huddle, we were like, yo, we're not losing this game. We're coming back. We're coming back. We're going to do this. It's going to be a great comeback. And that's what we did. We chipped away possession by possession, stop by stop. And um, we pulled it out. We ended up getting the win. And that happened a lot last year. I think it was some along 19 times where your, one of your games was decided by 10 points or less. How much do you grow from having that many games knowing that you're going to have a fight from start to finish, but yet knowing you still have a chance to win it? Yeah, that season we were in a lot of close games. So uh, we kind of got used to that like early and we – uh, kind of figured out a little bit of a way to grind out those games. But, um, yeah, basically it's just the toughness of our group and um, the level-headedness of our group and um, believing in Coach Young and the rest of the staff that we can pull out those games. And I think that's going to help us for this upcoming season. And if there's anything that you want to tell the Fairfield basketball supporters out there about the group that's playing and wearing the shirt for this season, what would you be saying to them? Um, I'd probably say uh, Fairfield men's basketball fans, we got a really good group. We're going to play hard every single day, and we're going to be fun to watch. Definitely. Taj, we appreciate the time that you've taken to speak with us, and we wish you and the rest of your teammates nothing but the best uh, for the upcoming season. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for 
our Fairfield Stags 2020-2021 basketball season preview podcast here on the Stag Sports Network. A couple of notes before we go. Make sure to stay up to date for all the latest news about Fairfield basketball on social media as well as fairfieldstags.com as we go throughout the season. You can find Fairfield women's basketball on social Stags WB Ball, the Fairfield men's team at Fairfield MBB. These are on Twitter, by the way. Uh, Fairfield Athletics as a whole at Fairfield Stags and the Stags Sports Network at Stags Sports Net. And as a reminder, all Fairfield basketball home games and conference road games, unless otherwise indicated, will air on either ESPN3 or ESPN+. Thanks so much for listening to this presentation of the Stag Sports Network, and we will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.